Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one chill-inducing piece of score at a time. Mm. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us today is uh, a very special guest, Yeah, Molly Knox Ostertag, uh, graphic novel creator of the Witch Boy series from Scholastic and the upcoming The Girl from the Sea. Yeah. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. We are, uh, well, I'm like super pumped to (laughs) to have you on here. Yeah, I'm like, I'm excited to be at this part of the movie. Yeah, for real. It feels like we are so close to the end now. Yeah, it's it's like, it's like, this is like the goosebumps moments every single time. Like, I'm so, I'm so excited to go through these because they're, they're just so good. Definitely some of my favorite parts Mm -hmm. of the whole trilogy. So thank you for giving me um, such juicy parts. Yeah, you're very welcome. Yeah. So today we're. Today we're talking about minute 206, which starts with Sam finishing his line from Friday, which was painfully cut in half. I know. Uh, but I can carry you. Yeah. And it ends with Gandalf kind of looking puzzlingly at Aragorn. I know. I have questions so about what Gandalf the, is doing, but I feel like we should go through it second by second. So that would be <laughs> so the, the first thing in this minute is probably the, in this movie, the second uh, moment the the second most often moment where I get chills or get teary eyed watching the movie, mm. which is, is when Sam, one? my friends, you bow to no one, makes me cry oh. every single time. It's very good. Yeah, this one. Yeah, this is the this is the goosebumps cry cry moment. I I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. And he just picks him up mm-hmm. and takes right? off, which is really Sean Astin hoisting Elijah Wood into the air. Oh, he's so and, strong. And going up up this volcano, just walking up the side of a volcano carrying Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood is a very Wood. small person, I think. Yeah. I mean, Sean Astin's really not that much bigger than him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But man, the, the score when he picks him up is just some of the most like hopeful, inspiring piece of score in the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it just makes the moment slap me in the face every <laughs> time I watch it. It really is. I don't I don't know a ton about music, but like I know it's like the the classic Lord of the Rings theme, but there's something in it that is like tear jerking and yeah, like you said hopeful um and kind of like makes you just like realize I don't know, it just it just feels like it feels like a final stand moment in this really beautiful yeah. way that it, it 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 hits differently in this moment than it does at any of the other times that we like hear this musical theme. Um, it's, it's just like really cool. It's the, it's the, the same melody as the song that ends this movie. Yes. Yeah. Like the Into the West one. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like, I feel like I have like a Pavlovian cry reaction to it. Cause I remember, Uh um, I don't know how old you guys were when these movies are coming out, but I was like a preteen or teen. I was like probably 11 or 12 when this was, when I saw this one in theaters and I just, remember sobbing like I went to see it with my sister and her friends and they were like your sister is sobbing <laughs> like they didn't want to sit with me because I was losing my shit during this. I was losing my mind during this time oh um, it was so emotional 2003 I was uh 15 when I saw cool. this movie for the first time 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good, I just, yeah, it hit, hit me so incredibly hard. And like all of the multiple endings to this movie, like just really like, I just, every time I was like getting stabbed in the heart. Um, so I feel like I still, I just like, anytime I see it, I kind of go back to being like 12 years old. I'm just like bawling my eyes out in a movie mm-hmm. theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like this is probably in many ways, like the formative cinema experience to me as a person mm-hmm. was these movies. Yeah. I'm so sad I didn't see them in theaters. Oh, that is sad. Man, you really missed out. I feel like like part of my childhood was like wrong. Oh my God, I'm so That's how I felt when I couldn't see Jurassic Park (laughs) in theaters when I was like six. Mm. Like part of my my childhood was taken from me. And then I got to relive that a little while ago. I didn't see Jurassic Park till I was 13. I had a very Mm. sheltered childhood. (laughs) That movie came out in like 94 or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's um yeah, I feel like I just like the 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 multiple endings and watching it and not knowing how it was going to end and like you really I just I just will never forget really thinking that it was just gonna end on Frodo and Sam like on the rock. I'm sorry, that's skipping ahead in the movie. Um just, <laughs> we, like, we do that a lot. Yeah, and I just remember being like, Oh my god, like I will never recover from this. Um and I didn't. <laughs> I still I still as an adult have not recovered. Right. Still, still obsessed with Frodo uh-huh. and Sam. Deeply, deeply. Um, we, we move from this triumphant moment of Sam carrying Frodo up mm-hmm. the mountain back out to the battlefield. And the score goes... I have a question about Mount Doom, which is just watching it through this time. I'm so confused about the like ecology of Mount Doom. It's like, I just don't understand it. There's a volcano at the top, but there's a doorway in the middle. And like the hill that they're walking up just has random fires. It's, I love it. It's very, it's just, I just wanted to point out the like nonsensical, like, it's just oh, like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, because they, they added like the steam vents and stuff as mm-hmm. part of the production to make it look really intense. But of this course. was actually filmed on the side of a real volcano. Wait, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I take it back. Okay. That's cool. That's very Except cool. For the, it's just the peak of the yeah. volcano that's not actually real because the, the peak of the volcano is sacred the peak of the volcano is sacred to the Maori, so they made okay. an agreement that they wouldn't show it on film. Oh wow. Okay. That's really that's really interesting. That's really cool. Um yeah. and also it probably was not boiling over with lava at the time. No. That they no. Were shooting, <laughs> so they maybe wanted to add that in. Um but I believe it was technically considered active at the time. So wow. <laughs> Wow, yeah. that's re- okay. I'm so glad we didn't have a like Lord of the Rings tragedy and <laughs> have it go off while they were filming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a surprisingly untroubled production, all things considered in the last fifteen minutes of going through this. Yeah. <laughs> because they filmed this battle on an on a munitions field on an army base. <gasps> Wow. where they tested like landmines and grenades and mortars and stuff. Wow, that feels oddly like apt for the the subject matter yeah. in the book. Um, yeah, no, I love it. And I also just, I love Sam carrying Frodo. I, I just have a lot, I have a, I should say like, like I'm here cause I'm just like the biggest fangirl for Sam and Frodo. Like I just love them. <laughs> um, I love them. I think they're romantically in love and it's, it's, it's a very big deal for me, but like to me, it's like the two of them together are the ring bearer. Like Frodo is the, the mental bearer of the ring and the emotional bearer of the ring but Sam really is this like mm-hmm. physical force and it's it's just like I like really like Frodo would not have gotten there without Sam and so there's something so beautiful about seeing it so literally in this scene of just like I'm literally carrying mm-hmm. you 
Um, and that's what he's been doing the whole time, like both physically and emotionally, but like he's literally doing it now. And it's, it's, it's just really lovely. Yeah. Um, in the, in the commentaries, Richard Taylor thinks of this moment as, as the kind of crystallization of all these themes that Tolkien wrote, mm. that ultimately the only thing that can overcome evil is unity. Oh, yeah. I'm so, I'm, I'm like in a reread of the books right now. I'm not at this scene yet. I just finished reading um, Kirith Ungle, but I, it's, they're just so, they're so beautiful and they're so, there's so much emotion in them that I kind of forgot about and like find really relatable. And um, yeah, just, just, just how interested Tolkien is in connection. And like, he's so much less interested in battles um, and just more interested in like the simple relationships between people. So yeah, it's like, yeah. it's such a beautiful moment here um i think i think watching them uh watching sam carry frodo up the mountain is like very it's like very triumphant but it's also like cathartic mm -hmm. yeah um and it's i mean we'll get into what happens later this week mm -hmm. but <laughs> it's like a high point in in like the emotional um roller coaster that is the last 40 minutes of this movie yeah yep. and that is their their relationship that i think it just for so long it's been like you can't carry this you can't help me you have to go home and it's it's just like mm -hmm. to be like no i am here with you and i know what to do at this point like i'm not waiting for you to tell me what to do i'm not deferring to you i'm i know that i have to pick you up and carry you now like it's mm -hmm. there to me like sam's character like tying in with the idea that he's a servant and is kind of deferential and then sort of like grows out of that um is like really a really interesting arc to me and so there yeah there's just something about that here that um he really like is transcending his role of like just being here to take care of Frodo and he's like okay we have to finish the quest you did as much as you can I'm taking over now and it's it's pretty cool yeah he he really just kind of cements his own agency in the back part of the yeah. story yeah 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 definitely okay so we can go to the battle now i think that's all yeah so we, we move from this moment we move from this moment on mount doom and the score just kind of reaches this peak as we see the top of the mountain and hey, then we pun. we cut out to yeah, i know it is a pun <laughs> then we we cut back out to the battle and the first thing that i notice is that legolas is making a very strange oh my god face <laughs> Orlando Bloom makes so many strange faces in the background of scenes. Of this minute. It's amazing. I wrote down Legolas looks sexy in my notes. <laughs> he looks like he's but like given this, he's given the stink eye to, to Mount Doom. He's like Uh-huh. He's like, I'm not afraid of you, Sauron. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Right behind Legolas, between Legolas and Aragorn in this scene, there is an extra who looks like his head is turned talking to someone next to him <laughs> oh no oh yeah <laughs> and not paying attention to whatever is supposed to be going on here that's really funny he's like so what are like, you gonna do guy what are you doing <laughs> what are we having for dinner yeah. chinese chinese <laughs> where's where's the after party yeah. once this wraps up um yeah legolas i feel like he has these moments do you remember do you remember i think it was at the oscars winona writer like had she was like on stage and she was like looking around at random things and it was kind yes. of mean. I feel like that is Legolas in the scene. Like he is looking at stuff and I, there's something going on in his head that like Orlando Bloom is acting very hard, but I don't know why. And the camera does not tell us why. And it's, and they do that a lot with Orlando Bloom. Um, so it's just another one of those moments where it's just like yeah. he's putting a lot in and you know that it's not really anything that's in the script and it's not anything that's like 
going to be shown, but you're just like, yeah, Legolas is having thoughts. <laughs> He's noticing things. <laughs> we don't know what. And we never his will. Elf eyes. Yeah, his elf eyes are seeing something. Do you think he's having a staring contest with Sauron? Oh with the big God, eye? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he probably thinks he is. He thinks he is, but then he realizes it's looking at Aragorn and he's like, ugh, typical. Yeah. So what's what's interesting uh, about this scene and the way that this all starts off here when we come back to the battle is that this is where originally in their plans, the beautiful Anatar version of Sauron was going to be projected out onto the battlefield. Mm to have a a one-on-one showdown with the newly crowned King of Gondor. But they ultimately abandoned that. But they shot all all these reaction things. Yeah, I've seen pictures of the like hologram Sauron. I hate it. I'm really glad they didn't do that. Me too. too. I think it's very silly. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, there, there's production images of what the oh costume is going to be like and stuff. The, yeah, I've definitely it, seen a clip of it. Um, yeah, it's and he's like really tall and like a beautiful elf man. And I just, I just it's, yeah. I don't know. We don't, we don't need it. We don't need it. It's That's like lore that we don't no. need for the movies. And also it's just... Yeah, save like, it, save it for point. the Amazon series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, save it for the Silmarillion or whatever. But like, yeah. Sauron the Fair. Anatar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so then, like, I know that's not in this, but like, like, yeah, there's like the tro- troll fight later, and that was supposed to be Sauron. Um, yeah, they just painted over it with a troll. Yeah. Well, and so I love, could you guys catch what Sauron is saying to Aragorn in this minute? Because you can hear whispers. He says can, his name. Yeah, he says his name, and he says Definitely. LSR, which means home. Yes. Yes, which is also what uh, Aragorn is remembered as, King Elisar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like his elf name, I think. Um, yeah, it becomes his like regnal name, I believe. Oh, okay. I believe he's referred to as King Elisar in the in the text. I would have to go look in the appendices again. No, I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's just he's got so many names. Um. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, he only has he for the most part only has three, and then That's a lot there of are names. other characters that have. Half yeah. a dozen, so <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, like Gandalf has at least five, yeah. depending on what part of the world he's in. Oh yeah, that's true. He has. He's like I, I just read that part in the books. So he has like names everywhere. It's it's very cute. Um, yeah. I like when Aragorn in the book. He like when he meets up with Bilbo in the Fellowship of the Ring. He's like, oh yeah, I'm Strider, and Bilbo's like, oh that's you like that's another name for you. Like you have so many names, my friends, and it's it's just a cute moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then uh, I like what the score does uh, mm-hmm. in this minute too, because it starts to just kind of all fade right out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it becomes almost completely silent before the end of this minute, and mm-hmm. then at the beginning of next minute, it is totally silent for a beat. Yeah. Which is just really off-putting in a score and makes a moment really tense. I think. Well, I mean. Like if he's gonna have like this showdown with with Sauron, even if it was like a like it's a mental one at this point, um, yeah, instead of the physical one, but it, I don't know. I think I think dropping the score or dropping the sound out completely, um, like ups the tension of that and and makes it so that we're not entirely sure if Aragorn is going to resist this or if he's yeah. going to win or if he's going to succumb to whatever's happening here. Yeah. yeah, that was a moment that I've never realized until I sat down to watch it like just this minute is that yeah, there's that moment of tension. Like I think I love um they do it a lot with the ring actually like sort of dropping out the score. Um and I think mm-hmm. like I've been really interpreting it lately as like the ring 
it promises like the ring and Sauron's power, which I see as kind of the same thing. Like they promise power, which also means isolation. Um, and so to me, that's what a lot of the silence is, is like it isolate, it is isolating the characters from the people around them. Um, and so I, I really Ooh, I like, like, that. see I like that. that with Aragorn right now that he's, he's being spoken to in a way that no one else is being spoken to. He's being spoken to as a leader by another leader. And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's this temptation um that is like similar to the temptation of the ring of like like just i think in general the temptation of like being someone with power um and like like i don't know i there, there's there's just something very interesting about it to me um and then I'm, I'm like what is gandalf doing when he's sort of waving his hand at the end of this minute is he like dismissing the the spell that sauron is speaking like i don't i don't quite know what's happening but i like it he's he still has so when you're looking at him from uh in front of Aragorn from the perspective of kind of like the eye, I guess uh-huh. both of his hands are at his side and he has a staff back, which he shouldn't have because Whoa, it was destroyed yeah, by the right. witch King uh, oh, really? in the, in the extended version anyway. And in the, and then when we cut back to him right at the end of this minute, he has, he has his hands up with the mithril shirt still in his hand. So they kind of, they talk about in the commentary, Peter Jackson does about kind of cutting together a bunch of different footage mm-hmm. using some of the reaction shots from the beautiful, Sauron thing to kind of cut the, this little piece together yeah. with what uh, Aragorn is about to say. So that's just cutting room floor stuff and it just results in this little continuity error with how Gandalf is standing and looking at things. But, I mean, they did it with intention, so like what do you think, like do you think Gandalf is trying to remind Aragorn of why they're there? That's why he has the shirt and that's what leads into the beginning of next minute? Or I don't... I don't know. It's possible that that might be part of the intention. I think that probably this insert shot was part of something longer with Gandalf uh, kind of stealing himself to what's happening here. Mm. Because if Sauron himself comes out to the battlefield, it is another being of the same level of power as what Gandalf would be unclad from mortal form. Yeah, like the Balrog. But greater, yeah, and Mm -hmm. potentially greater than the Balrog. Sauron is... The Balrog are also technically Maiar, but they are lesser than the kind of Maiar that Sauron and Gandalf are, from my understanding. Okay, so they're like shift leaders, and and, and Gandalf's like a like a team leader, something. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got some authority right. yeah. in the hierarchy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back in it because I literally never noticed that he holds up the Mithril shirt, and that's really cool. I I think he is reminding him of Frodo. I don't know. To me, that sort of ties into the theme of like, like Sauron and the Ring work off of isolation and work off of telling people that only they are special, only they can like do something. And so I feel like he's saying that to Aragorn, and then Gandalf is like, "Remember why we're here. Remember the sacrifice that Frodo made." Um, and that's, I, I don't know. I think that's cool. <laughs> I never yeah. know. I never really know about like the cutting room for stuff. Like I'm always, I, 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 I feel like everything is still really made with intention, even when they sort of had to like piece it together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes mistakes are just kind of made, but yeah, for the most part, if most things feel really deliberate. Yeah, I definitely uh, think so. I'm really excited to talk about the very first thing in the next minute. Okay, so you want to end that? Yeah. So I think <laughs> I think we kind of talked about this minute for the most part. I think so. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wait. Wait. We have one more thing to talk about that um, Cassandra and I discussed before. Um, Aragorn with a shower. It just breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that he is not as greasy in the scene. <laughs> I understand he is a king now. I understand, but I just he's just he's just not as hot when he's not greasy. Do you agree? I don't with know. Me? I think there's I think 
like uh last week we just talked about um his speech and i think that like manic um a uh, general but like still kind of he's still a little greasy yeah it's he's a it's a delicate balance you know maybe it's just like his hair it looks like it got conditions like it it's it's a little fluffy yeah. i just I miss <laughs> i miss the strider i miss greasy strider who looks like you could like like yeah. cook an egg on his head i don't know right i like <laughs> i think that I, I think that vigo looks i guess more badass with his hair like stringy like he hasn't taken a shower in two weeks mm. He yeah, just looks yeah. more more ready to throw down. Do you think it's because it's tied back a little bit? Maybe. It makes him... It is, you can see his whole face, and it's just like, but that's not the Vigo we've come to know. <laughs> I don't here's, the, face. here's the thing. Vigo, Vigo Mortensen is Aragorn. Truly, I mean, I'm a lesbian, but truly a very attractive man. But, like, he has no eyebrows. And so you need some hair in front of the face to sort of disguise that fact. And then when it's pulled back, I don't know. I just think if I was the king... I would say I don't need to take a shower at all because I'm king. <laughs> I'm king. Definitely coronation Aragorn, like bottom of the pile. Yeah. Like I'm not about that life. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, he I'm not, really a, does. not a fan of the coronation. It's a sad character. He, literally, I think he is the hottest the first time we see him. And then it's like, he's, mm. he sort of plateaus for a while. And then it's like a downhill in Return of the King. And I, you know, it's character development, <laughs> but it, it sort of breaks my, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> see i i don't know like this to me is peak aragorn i think i just like the armor mm. um and you still have the strider greasy i don't know hair. he just has like this crazy energy and i'm just like i'm into that i don't yeah. know why but... <laughs> that energy yeah yeah, yeah that's fair that's is fair he, is he still wearing the even star no it broke but look at that isn't that's he a class i thought it no. broke in a dream yeah that's see huh so like he totally has it on under his cloak right? he does but when he's on the horse like 15 minutes ago or whatever on his way here it's not there hmm. there's some things with props but, in the movie yeah extended editions dream sequences it gets a little confusing like yeah because the because the scene with the with the palantir which isn't in the isn't in the theatrical it's part right. of the extended right. only where we see the evan star break then immediately cuts to him on the horse and he doesn't have the Evan star on. I think it's, like it's hiding it underneath his, his thing. I mean, maybe that's what this implies, but I don't think he has it during the coronation scene either. Whoa, okay. We'll have, we'll to... have to keep an eye out because I think the original plan was for it to break. So it's not there this in is... other things. And like, there's little pieces this here and there on... from when it, things were filmed. This is like Sam's backpack straps all over. Yeah, it, they I... just go all over the place. <laughs> yeah. What's happening? You or or Marion yeah. Pippin's Elven Cloak. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's I think it's very it's very hard to track this kind of continuity when it's so many characters. That is so funny though. He definitely has it on. I'm looking. He's got it on. Gandalf's yeah. got the staff. This is there's just there's just yeah. a couple. Neither of which should be in the theme. <laughs> but I think that's just in the extended edition too. So it's like I don't know. I'm flipping yeah, around. Yeah, the, the, the breaking of Gandalf's staff. Yeah. And the breaking of the Evan Star are both only in the extended editions mm -hmm. of the movies. Yeah. Gladwell has a really cute fishtail braid in this scene. Yeah. I'm just noticing. Oh, actually, it's like, wait, he did it Gandalf before staff? battle. That's not Gandalf's staff. That's Glamdring. It's just very white in the light. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, he's got his sword. He oh. just has his sword out. Oh, okay. Oh, he's allowed to have his sword. He's allowed to have Glamdring. He can have yeah, Glamdring. Totally. He can have a little Glamdring as a treat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just, right near the end of this minute, there's a shot where you can kind of see oh, John Reese Davies not... is the, or the, it's, it's not John Reese davies it's, it's the, the double, double for Gimlet. Yeah. The face just looks wrong. Oh, yeah. That's funny. 
I yeah, the score just totally drops out as Aragorn turns around. Oh my gosh, I'm so ends. pumped. <laughs> oh, he turns, the... Yeah, he turns around and there's this tension of like the Sauron was just speaking to him. What's what are we gonna see on his face in the next minute? Right. What's happening? Yeah. What's happening here? Yeah. So uh Molly, would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you? On the oh, interwebs. On the interwebs. Yeah, for sure. Not in um, real life. That might be a little little intimate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's you know it's a pandemic. Let's not let's just leave me alone in real life. But on the internet, you can find me on at Molly Ostertag on Twitter and Molly underscore Ostertag on Instagram. Um, oh, and, but it, but for Lord of the Rings content specifically, I made an alternate Twitter account because I needed to talk about it every single day and I was like I have too many followers on my main account like this is going to be annoying for them so it's at Hobbit Gay if you want to find all my hot takes about like Gandalf and Saruman being exes and stuff like that <laughs> nice nice I really like all the, all the little doodles that you do like oh it's, yeah it's it's Wonderful. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of art. There's a lot of art. There's a lot of me just reading through the books and like having feelings, um, and then like a lot of stupid memes. So if you're looking for Lord of the Rings content, at Hobbit Gay is uh, where to find it. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So we're from the website DuelingGenre.com. If you'd like to support this show and other shows on du the Dueling Genre Network, you can head to DuelingGenre.com/support, where for as little as one dollar a month on Patreon, you get access to Scott Pilgrim versus the Minute. And then the tears step up from there. Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow to keep talking about Return of the King. Bye. Bye. Bye.